Hello again, my friends. This is Victoria. Rich is in here, but he is listening to another course. But you'll hear him, and the dogs are all in here with me. And one of them has a horn, so you're going to hear chomping. It's going to happen. So if you hear weird stuff, know that it's probably not me. That was Sorka with her horn. Anyway, we're going to talk today about health testing for your service dog prospect. Parents of the puppies need to be health tested. So if you're getting a dog from a shelter system or from a friend, you know, or my aunt had puppies and we got one because she gave one to us, there are some things that you want to check out and you need to keep in mind and one of them is health testing. So there's three parts of a dog's behavior and result behavior and that's early environment, current environment, and genetics. So genetics we can tweak right beforehand. We can't tweak them after they're formed. Early environment is up to the breeder. So that's two things up to the breeder. And current environment is you. And we can tweak that through training, right? So genetics are rather important. With golden retrievers, the health testing that is recommended for the parents before their breeding are hips, elbows, eyes, and hearts. And where do you find that information? You can go to OFA.org. OFA stands for the Orthopedic Foundation of America, I guess. We're going to go with that. And one of the options on the ribbon is Browse by Breed. So if you click that, it'll come up with a whole bunch of breeds, or you can type at least three characters. So I'm going to type in Golden. Golden Retriever comes up. I can click on golden and it's going to come up with the health testing that the breed club recommends. Okay, so this is through the parents breed club. This is, they submit it, so the Golden Retriever Club of America, and they submit it to AKC, they submit it to OFA. The, the breed club is the, the grand poobah of this, right? They don't, AKC doesn't just make this up. It's based on the the parent breed club like i said for golden's golden retriever club of america and what it shows here is there's four tests hips elbows eyes and heart hip dysplasia one of the following either an ofa radiographic hip evaluation which is an x-ray pen hip evaluation of a dog at least four months old for elbow and we do both by the way um, elbow dysplasia you want to screen that through ofa radiographic elbow evaluation so when we say hips and elbows, it's the OFA hips and elbows. And they x-ray both of them at the same time. IACVOI exam is an annual eye exam and register the results with OFA. And I know when we look at other golden retriever breeders for potential studs for our mamas, sometimes they don't have the information up on OFA, which is silly because it's, I don't know, $10 maybe, $25 for some other tests to put it up there. It's not expensive. You know, put it up there every year to show that you're doing your stuff. But eyes have to be done annually. And then cardiac, one of the following. One option is a congenital cardiac exam at 12 months or older with an exam by a cardiologist. An advanced cardiac exam or a basic cardiac exam at 12 months or older with an exam by the cardiologist. So those are what you have. Now, what if you have a different breed? Ha ha ha. Let's look at standard poodle because we did do our two standard poodle litters. 
And there's another reason why we're going to look at the poodle, right? So for hips, it's the OFAs or the pen hip. For eyes, it's the eye exam. And for health, <clears throat> they have it a little different. You can choose one of the following, a thyroid eval through a lab, a sebaceous, a dentist evaluation. I don't know. It's a skin thing with a dermapathologist or the heart, the standard cardiac exam for congenital, advanced, or basic, right? So you can choose one of those. When we bred Roma, uh, we did hips. We also did pen hip. We did elbows. We did eyes. We did heart. So she was good, right? So you could do thyroid on one, you could do skin on the other, and you can do heart on a third one if you have three poodles, if you want to. Or you could do all of it and go above and beyond. But why am I looking at, why did I tell you about the Goldens and the poodles? Is because if somebody is breeding, for example, a Golden Doodle, the Golden Retriever parent should have the Golden Health Testing done. The Standard Poodle parent should have the Standard Poodle stuff done. Now, if you do hip, elbow, eyes, and heart on both of them, you're fine. So people who get the mixed breed dogs, people who breed the mixed breed dogs, sometimes will say that their dogs are fully health tested because they have done genetic uh, panel on them, like through Embark. If you guys have heard of Embark, uh, the doggy DNA test. And that's not to find out the doggy at the scene of the crime, like human DNA tests can be, but we can use them in our breeding program to see who's a carrier and who's not a carrier. But I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, so I just pulled it up because I have my computer in front of me so I can give you this accurate information without trying to guess or do it all on my phone. So you can go to the OFA site. You can check any breed. Let's look at another breed. What other breed do we want to look at? Oh, let's look at labs because lab is another. And then if we look at all those, those are the, uh, the big three, right? What do they call them? It used to be the Fab Four, and I keep telling people there is no four. It's a Fab Three, or a Terrific Three, if you want to call it that. Labs, hips, elbows, eyes, exercise-induced collapse is a doggy DNA test. A D-locus dilute DNA test, a DNA-based D-locus results from an approved lab. Centronuclear myopathy is optional but recommended cardiac eval, and PRA-PRCD. So most of these seem to be, if you do hips, elbows, eyes, and heart, and genetics, because the other ones are DNA, you'll be fine. So if you're looking at a Labrador retriever breeder, make sure that they have proof that they can show you hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. And if you know the name of the dog, you can search OFA for the health-tested dogs that way. For example, Albert just passed his health testing, and he just turned two mid-August. We completed it, and I'll, I'll get to that. But if you type in Palisman of Hope, which is P-A-L-I-S-M-A-N of Hope, and yes, his name's Albert. And if you say, well, that's kind of silly. I don't see how those go together. Then apparently you need to watch the TV show on Disney called Owl House. Luke named him after his favorite show. So we came up with Palisman of Hope for his AKC name. But we call him Albert call him Bert and I call him Buddy because he is my buddy. So you type in his name or his registration number and that information comes up and you can see all the health testing that he's done. You can see his parents and the health testing they've had done. Uh, he has one full sibling in here as of this record date on September 3rd. 
and some half siblings. So you can kind of get a feel for him, right? And this is just on the OFA site. There's another one we're going to get to in a second called K9 Data. So I'm going to pull that one up so we make sure we talk about that too. So here when he was seven months old, he was tested and we mailed in. He is clear for degenerative myopathy, golden retriever, uh, NCL, which is neuronal ceroid lipofusilosis. I don't know. NCL is not good, though. Uh, progressive retinal atrophy for golden retrievers, one. Progressive retinal atrophy for golden retrievers, two. Ichthyosis, muscular dystrophy, and progressive retinal atrophy. So he had all of those done. And we did that all in an embark, which, again, I'll get to in a second. Uh, eyes were done May 21st, 2022. The report came was submitted and all on June 2nd, and he had normal eyes. Now, with eyes, you might see something called a breeder's option. And what a breeder's option means for eyes is there's something up with the eyes here. Here's what it is. It's, I don't even want to say it's nothing too concerning, but it's something we don't know how much genetics has had to play in this versus environment and just stuff that happens. So if you breed this dog, you can just make sure you breed him to somebody who doesn't have this eye issue. And it could be things, I, I talked to a breeder before, so I'm going to go down a little tangent here. Uh, eyelashes that curl in and like scrape the eyeball. It's very uncomfortable. Apparently, it's a $300 surgery to fix. Uh, I had somebody who we were looking at breeding with their dog because their dog had really good hip scores. But the problem was their dog also had this issue. And there's a name for it. And I never remember the name of it because it's spelled really funny. But there's a few different ones like that, right? So the dog has this issue. And I said, well, yeah, but he has this eye issue. And I'm still young in my breeding journey and Pollyanna pie in the sky. I want it all. I want excellent hips. I want tight pen hips. I want clear eyes, not breeder options. And she said, well, it's a $300 surgery. You know, even if you have to do all the puppies before they go home, you know, they'll have good hips. So sometimes you do have to weigh it. But right now, like I said, I still want it all. So if you see a breeder's option, know that that isn't a automatic disqualification for most people right? So eyes he had tested, now we're back to his uh, Burt's OFA score sheet, I guess. And then we tested him for ichthyosis 2 on July 14th, because we had to do that through paw print genetics is one that is, uh, they could do the ichthyosis 2 at this point. So we were like, okay, let's do it. Now for Bert at four, 16 weeks old, we did his pen hip. That's the earliest they'll do it. And they came back pretty good. They came back at, I want to say it was 47, 47, 0.47 and 0.47. Now, 0.53 is the breed average. And what it does is the, they'll do a series of x-rays for the pen hip. And they will do a normal resting one, which you could submit for OFA. They'll do one where they compress the hip and one where they pull the, the leg from the hip. And then they measure the distance, and that's what the number correlates to, right? So 53 is the breed average that's less than 53 then is good. So the lower the number, the better the score. And this is for all of them. Every breed is a little different breed average, but Golden's 
At this time, it's 53. It was 54 a few years ago when Gypsy got hers done. So it's nice to see that the hips are getting better over time. Like, that's a really good thing to see. And we've done a bunch of mm, studies. We No, we haven't participated in them. But I research a lot on hips, especially because hips and cancer are the two big things with Goldens. So we do everything that we can to have the healthiest dogs possible. For that, for the Goldens, for cancer stuff, we look at food, we look at supplements, we look at cleaning products and everything else in the home, uh, fertilizers that we would use outside, which we don't use fertilizers for this reason, but what in the environment we can do, and genetic-wise, what did parents, grandparents, great-great-grandparents, all of that, if we know what they died of, what did they die of, how old were they, what's going on here, because we want, I want the best right? With pen hip, with the hips, we want to look at both how well, OFA looks at how well the ball fits into the socket, right? Pen hip looks at the degree of laxicity, you know, how wobbly are those hips? And pen hip, usually one score is good for life if they're over 16 weeks old, but 16 weeks is not four months, and four months is the earliest you can do an OFA. So just because a weird coincidence, we had an appointment at the vet, for hips and elbows, for, for prelims, and it was going to be princess. Maybe that was going to be her finals. But it was going to be princess. Mom and dad were on their way down. This is when they lived in Myrtle Beach, and they couldn't make it. And we had already put a deposit down for this spot. So I said, it's okay. I'll bring Albert in, and we'll get his his prelims done. And he was 16 weeks old, but he was not quite four months old. So we could do the pen hip, but we had to come back a month later to do his prelim for his OFAs. And you usually won't find the OFA prelims up on the OFA site. I believe if they're over a year and you do something, they might post it. But those ones, his pen hip had come back, I told you, 47, 47, which is very good. Put him in the top 30-something percent of all Goldens. So, okay. But his OFAs came back as fair. And with hips, with OFAs, it's uh, uh, three different vets look at it. And they give their opinion for the finals. And it could be excellent, good, fair, borderline, mild, moderate, severe. So if it's borderline, they want you to come back in a bit and see where they're going. You'll hear breeders tell you that excellent, good, and fair are all passing. They're all breedable. I don't want fair in my breeding program. So whenever he came back with fair hips at four months old, because we brought him in the next month to get his OFAs done, I didn't know. If we wouldn't have had those pen hips, we might have found another home for Bert. Which, how sad would that have been? Uh, because we wanted, I wanted really good hips. I wanted everything. I told you, I wanted all. I wanted the clear health testing, which he had. I wanted good or excellent OFAs. I wanted really nice pen hips. I wanted everything. But we did him at a year, which was last August. We prelimed him again. Uh, he didn't need sedation. We didn't redo the pen hip, but he can't, he went from a fair to a good. So, okay, cool. Talked to the vet there, and he said, yeah, he'll, he'll come back as good, and yeah, yeah, definitely keep him for the breeding program. So we said, okay. And now we just redid him again, and his pen hips improved. It went from 47-47 to 45-42. So remember, lower is better, so I think that put him in the top 29%. And his hips from OFA came back as good. His elbows came in as normal. Um, his eyes, we redid them in May of this year. We take all the girls in 
it must be in May that we take them in because that's when his eyes were last year. Our club, uh, the Mid-Florida Golden Retriever Club, does an eye and heart testing day. So we, we get all the girls in there because they need to be done every year as long as they're not with child or in heat. We'll take them in there. Uh, and then you can see, if you look at birds, he has a basic cardiac, um, normal by a cardiologist. Oh, I don't remember doing that one. Oh, yeah, whenever he did his eyes. Okay. So, yeah, that was his heart. Never mind. I remember doing that. So we did his eyes and heart together after they turn in gear. We could do that. And it's harder to find a cardiologist. And we want to do an echo on him. But we have not got to that yet because it's hard to find a cardiologist. It's easier to find them during these health clinics. That's what they're called as a health clinic. Than to find a cardiologist and see if you can get in to do this. So we'll probably have to wait until next May for him to have an echo done. Uh, just just to have more health testing done on him. But we have his elbows, his hips, his eyes, his heart, all done, which gives him a chick number, a canine health something, something. Then he has his chick number on here. Then he has a little chick logo too. So he's all official uh, with his health testing. It's all done. He is good to go. So that means he's a potential breeder boy for us and for others. Uh, So that enters a whole new you know, can't open worms everywhere with everything. Uh, And the girls that he would breed with have to have their health testing done also. They have to be golden retrievers. We're not doing mixed breed dogs. And they would have to have hips, elbows, eyes, and heart done also. So that is OFA. Now, pen hip and OFA are, they, they don't, like pen hip, we had to pay $25 to have it put up on OFA. And I'm happy to pay that. So when people look him up, they can see all of his health testing, not hear some of it and hear some more of it. So there's a website for Golden Retrievers Labs and Nova Scotia Duck Tolling Retrievers called K9 Data. And it's the letter K, number nine, D-A-T-A dot com. And if we put him in there, Palisman of Hope. Oops, I left the E off of Hope. Oh, there we go. They found him anyway. So that I have more information. Both of them, I have his current titles. Uh, the Canine Data has his international champion, Palisman of Hope, SCN, which is Scent Container Novice, SIN, which is Scent Interior Novice, CGCA, which is Canine Good Citizen Advanced, CGCU, which is Canine Good Citizen Urban. He also has his Canine Good Citizen, but it's not listed because these are higher level titles, so we don't include the lower level because he can't have the higher without having the lower TKI, which is Trick Dog Intermediate, because he already has his Trick Dog Novice. VHMA is Virtual Home Manners Adult. And VSWB is Virtual Scent Work Beginner. So he's got those titles so far. Uh, For scent work, he has his container and his interior novice. We are working on his exterior and his buried. Uh, We're starting his uh, human scent discrimination also. Uh, And we're working towards some elite titles with him there. So, you know, we're still doing the scent work. It is harder to get out there and get them done. Uh, We do practice with him here. But being a working service dog and myself only having so many spoons to get through the day can make it a little bit harder at times. You know, I've had to leave a couple of the scent work uh, trials uh, luckily, Sam's worked them and James's worked them because sometimes 
I just can't. And then he knows it. And then he wants to be on Vicky duty instead of on find the scent duty. So it's harder. But anyway, canine data has, you can add additional things. So he's a task trained service dog. Uh, but you can look him up here. It has links to the OFA. It has the genetics and you can see history, right? You can see his parents, his grandparents, his great grandparents. You can use this. And what I'm telling you, if you're looking at a golden or a lab, you can click on a five generation pedigree at the bottom. And then you can see five generations, right? And then you can look at a five generation longevity pedigree. And it'll say in there how old the dog was when they died. So his parents are still alive. His grandparents, one of them died at 14 and a half. Well, that's not shabby. His great-grandparents died at 12, 14 and a half, 15 and a half, 14, 12, 13, and 11. Well, those are pretty decent, right? <clears throat> parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. So how about double great-grandparents? Uh, 14 and a half years, 12, 7 and a half years, uh, 13 years, 10 and a half years, 13 and a half. 14 and a half, 8 and a half, 14 and a half, 12, 14 and a half, 8, 8 and a half, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. That's not too shabby. So you can look at stuff like that. You can also click view the five generation hip pedigree. Now there's a secret way of decoding these. If you look at the hip numbers, right, for his, uh, his daddy here, turbo flashes smoke and cannon, it says OFA GR, I assume that means golden retriever, 116485G for good, 28 months old, M for male, right? So I guess that is his daddy. So when you're looking at these, you can quickly see if it's good, excellent, fair, whatever works, right? So his parents are good and good. His grandparents are good, 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 and excellent, awesome. His great-grandparents are good, excellent, good, 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 Excellent, good, and excellent. So we have a very strong hip, a very strong longevity a pedigree with Bert, which is pretty awesome. And you can look at titles also. So his mom didn't have any titles on here. His dad is HRCH, hunting retrieving champion maybe. Master Hunter, MH, CCA, WCX, on their hunt titles, their working dog titles. Um, his grandparents have titles on front and on back right? Um, I like this. I like seeing stuff like this. It's a nice pedigree. Like there's a reason why we got Bert, right? So we have all of that to look at. So when you're looking at breeders, you have to look them up. Look them up if they're a golden or a lab. Look them up on canine data. Whoever it is, look them up on OFA. I know when we bred our litter of Dobermans, the Doberman retriever people have one, you know, but see if there's a open database for retriever pedigrees is what this is. And it's free, and it's pretty awesome, and I really like it. So you can look and see. They verify, so you can't put in prelim scores. You know, they don't, they don't want that. Uh, Embark. Now for the DNA stuff. The breeding programs here, it's, I don't know, like 150-ish tops um, for the kit. Sometimes they'll have them on sale, but it'll look at health risks, at traits, at coefficient of inbreeding or COI, and more. It's a cheek swab. So we have one here for otter and one for Cajun because we need to get them done. I'm just not in a huge hurry to do it. So they've been sitting there for a couple weeks. Um, but we need to do those. So maybe this week we can get those done. Uh, and then whenever that's done, whenever you send it in and you get the results, then I send those over to OFA and OFA puts those up. And that's how we found 
the things out for BERT, like the degenerative myopathy, the NCL, the PRA1 and 2, the ICCI, and that we have to go through paw print genetics for the ICCI too. Okay, so that's what we want to look at health clearance wise. It is so much more than just my vet said that they're healthy, which I've heard many times before, or they have in their Embark panel and they're clear. They're not enough, right? We want more and we want better, especially for the service dogs. You know what's terrible is when you're working, a, training up a service dog and growing out a service dog and you find out that he can't work for whatever reason. We had a family who had come in, well, I think it was a couple, and they had a seven-month-old German Shepherd. And this was years ago. And I'm watching the German Shepherd move around the yard and there was something really off with his gait. So I had to recommend that they take the dog into a vet and the vet x-rayed and, you know, sent in and checked. The dog had hip dysplasia in both hips and elbow dysplasia in one elbow. The dog couldn't be a service dog. So the time that it took waiting for that litter to be born, for that puppy to be old enough, to start taking that puppy out and about, and now the puppy is seven months old and he can't work. He can't continue the training for that. So now what are you going to do with a dog who has hip dysplasia at seven months old already in both hips and in one elbow? You know, he's going to have a nice retirement there at seven months old, but he's still going to have the energy of a seven-month-old. So scent games are good for those. You know, it's going to give them something fun to work on. But you're back at pre-square one because now you have to look for a breed, a breeder, get on the wait list, wait for that girl to come into heat. How often does a girl come into heat? Once, maybe twice a year for most dogs. So when the girl comes into heat, providing she's passed all her health testing and she's over the age of two, then she's in heat for two to three weeks. When she ovulates, two days after ovulation is prime time for making babies. And then it's a nine-week gestation. And then it's eight more weeks before the puppies can go home. Now, how is your health? Maybe a year from now, are you ready to start this process all over again? Because who knows if they have puppies on the ground. And just because a breeder has puppies available, which is puppies on the ground, does that mean that they're the right breeder for you? Maybe not. Maybe the reason that they have puppies available, because sometimes we'll have puppies available. So this isn't always the case. When we had the 22 puppies born two days apart in February, we had a couple puppies available. Because uh, some of the people who are on our wait list wanted to wait. Okay, not a problem. Some people who have been on our wait list want the dogs to hurry up and come into heat. And I, I can't do anything about that. Like, we just have to wait and see how it goes. And then we also have to do what's best for the adults. For example, Lita had a litter last year. I think her litter was born on the 4th of July of 2022. And then she, had, she was one of the mamas of the 22 puppies. So her next litter was born... February 16th. So she had just come into heat a few weeks ago. She was in heat. We didn't breed her. She gets to have a cycle off. And so we'll breed her up again, probably in the spring. She'll come into heat, maybe late winter, I guess. Uh, maybe February-ish if it's every six months, because it was February, it was August. So it should be February again, but we'll see. But she'll have her final litter with us then. Uh, and then we have, she already has a, uh, a retirement home. And he's, he's about 10 minutes away, and he comes every weekly to visit with her. It's so sweet. He has toys already for her. His house is all set for her. He's just waiting on her, knowing that he has 
months to wait. You know, he adores her. And that's it. Good things, they're worth waiting for. What is it? There's that line in Frozen. Some things are worth melting for. You know, like some dogs are worth waiting for. And it shouldn't be, because we're not Amazon, right? It's not that you can call up and I can get you a dog shipped to you the next day. It doesn't work like that for service dogs or for puppies, ever. You know, and you need to understand that it will take time. If you think, okay, I'm going to need a service dog in about two years, you realize it takes you two years to fully train up a service dog, right? And what you're going to do, like, that means you need one now. So, you know, when I can give you my best guess on when they should come into heat. For example, if Lita comes into heat in February and she gets knocked up, because we use technical terms here, maybe the beginning of, end of February, say. So beginning of March to May, February, March, no, April is next. February, March, April, end of April, maybe she'll have her puppies. Uh, April, May, June, end of June, the puppies will be six or eight weeks old. So the puppies don't go home younger than eight weeks old. They have to be at least eight weeks old before they go home. And you have that. So now we're thinking, okay, well, that's eight weeks old. We'll be, when did I say? June, the end of June. And then whenever she, you know, because at that point they're weaned, it's all good. Uh, you know, we get her spayed when she recovers from that. She can go home with her her new daddy. So we're talking about something that's going to happen next summer. And he's, he's ready for it because he knows that she's worth waiting for. And then we try to, to guess out, you know, okay, well, these puppies that she has who are born the end of April, if they do the six-month-old puppy program, that means they're going to ho- go home the end of October, right? So we have to be able to plan out our schedule quite a bit in advance, which is usually pretty decent because we can plan things around it. But not always. Uh, we have conference, uh, International Association of Canine Professionals conference coming up the end of this month, the end of September in 2023. And they had asked me to speak. So we're going up. Well, I was going up for it. But we didn't know if Rich would be able to go up for it or not, because it depends on if we had puppies do. Now, my team is amazing here. It's not just me. I'm just the one that talks all the time. But my team is awesome. And they were saying, Rich can go. Like, don't worry about it. If, if we have puppies due the week that you're gone, we'll take care of them. You're fine. But I, I can't do that. Like, it's not about giving up control. It's just like one of us should be here. These dogs know us. They live with us. Like, we need to be here for that, for them. You know, we're in the whelping box with them whenever they're having the puppies. You know, and I know they know the girls who come here and they know our staff and they're wonderful and they love our staff like they're family. And so do we. But, you know, we we just wanted to wait. And then once we hit the date, because I had planned out nine weeks from, you know, beforehand, uh, once we hit that date and the the girls hadn't come into heat, uh, they haven't ovulated, we hadn't brought them, it was good. And so he was able to get his ticket. And then I could plan the, the air the flights and the hotels and stuff because I knew it was him and I going. If I would have got my flight earlier, then it would be trying to get him on and reseating myself. And I I didn't want to deal with that yet. So we're heading up uh, to conference, right? We're able to do that, which is good. And then if Princess, because she did come into heat, we did breed her. uh, We find out in about two to three weeks if she's pregnant if she's pregnant, she is due like two weeks after we get back from conference. So, you know, like the timing worked out really nice for that one. But it also means often we, well, this past year, 
2022, we had a dog who went home the week before Christmas. We had, I think, three dogs who went home the week between Christmas and New Year's. And we had one dog that went home after New Year's. You know, it happens. Uh, we've had dogs going home over Easter. We've had dogs going home over Thanksgiving, over uh, Halloween. You know, like there are times we, we have to. Luke's birthday was August 10th, and we had to postpone his birthday party. I mean, he's 22, but still, you want to have a birthday party. We went to a place that had an arcade and bowling and pool and laser tag, and it was super awesome and fun, and we're going to be going back. But we had to wait two weeks before we could go because we had puppies going home, doing the six-month-old go home. And that we had, what, six puppies going home, so it, it took some time to to make sure that everyone was doing good and to get everybody scheduled. And the family understands that. My family's really awesome. Uh, but it's all around the dogs. You know, it is. Uh, and that works for us. Uh, but that is how, that is what you want to look at for health testing. When you're looking at for a pet dog, for a therapy dog, for a service dog, for bringing anyone into your life. Now, what if... I mentioned before, you know, your aunt has a dog and they want to donate one to you as a service dog. And well, they haven't done all that fancy health tests and stuff. Or you find you have a dog that you want to use and they haven't had it. Or you have a shelter dog that you want to use. What do you need the dog to do? So if you get a shelter dog and they're telling you it is a Mastiff mix and it turns out it's a Chihuahua mix, is that dog going to be big enough to do mobility for you? You know, like don't get a Mastiff mix. You usually don't get a Chihuahua mix. Uh, when can you start these health tests? You can do prelims starting at about four months old. So once the dog hits four months old, take them in hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. Get them prelimed. You know, the heart, uh, we've had, I don't want to say normal vets, but we'll say non-cardiologist vets who have done, you know, the listen to the auscultation and listen to it and, and have done it, right? Now, we still want the cardiologist, but it gives you an idea. So oftentimes I'll get that and the hips and the elbows done together, uh, especially for the prelim stuff, just so then I know. And then once they hit a year or so, or that time in May rolls around, we can get the eyes done, hip, elbow, eyes, and heart. And we just make sure we stay on top of everything, right? Flounder turns two. Oh gosh, in just a couple weeks, the day after she turns two, she goes in for her hips and elbows. Sorka turns two right around Thanksgiving, you know, a couple days afterwards, on a Monday, I think it is, you know, she goes in and she gets her hips and elbows done. So I have the date that we need and we need to go, you know, here's her birthday. We want to go at least the next day. I don't want to do it on their birthdays and we cannot do it before their birthdays for the finals because one year old and 360 days old is not two years old. And there is a huge difference, at least in, in OFA's mind. They had to have a cutoff. They made a cutoff. I get it. We don't want to have wiggle room because then that would be the new cutoff. But still, it's a little bit funny. Uh, now, you are welcome to go to our website, which is hopeservicedogs.org, and look at our dogs. See, we have Lucy on here. <coughs> Lucy is, I believe, the only one without a pen hip score, because when we got her, she had already had her hips done, and I don't want to put, I don't want to sedate her just to do the pen hip score. So she does not have her pen hip. Ginger had hers done. Ginger was in the top 13%, and Lita's the top 31%. But so Lucy, you can scroll down and see hips, elbow, eyes, and heart. Lucy is a PRA1 carrier, I believe. Uh, Lita, 
You can see their titles. We have a little blimp about them. Uh, Lita, her hips came in, yeah, the top 31%. Um, FCI had done them whenever she was over in Europe. Uh, we did her OFAs here once we got her, just to confirm. And she was our first all-clear girl. Uh, Princess is from that uh, Frozen Litter. Uh, her pen hip came back. She's in the top 40% of all Goldens tested. Her hips came back good. Um, she is also a PRA1 carrier like her mama Lucy. Flounder is the one who gets done next month. Uh, Flounder has not had her pen hip done. Um, her prelims were good and normal. Good for hips, normal for elbows. Eyes are normal. Heart, she did have an echo done. Um, and it's normal. And dentition, because why not? And that's full and she's clear. So we're excited to add her to our breeding program instead of just a potential. Uh, Sorka is... Let's see, we didn't have her pen hips done either yet because, again, she's not two yet, you know, when she hits two. Uh, but for her, she's also clear and she prelimmed as good and normal. We have Albert that we went over. Albert is, since we're running through all of them, pen hip puts him in the top 29% of all Goldens tested. Sebastian is one who's in a guardian home. Uh, we are going to keep him. His owners really, really loved him and fell in love with him. And so they... They have him, but we have the ability to breed him, providing he passes everything. He did come back with one of those breeder options with the eyes for persistent pupillary membranes, iris to iris. Uh, we had him in, and we brought him up for his eyes and his heart. His heart came back normal. But with that breeder's option, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to breed him or not. And he is clear. Um, probably not because Bert did pass so well. And then we have R2 on here. R2's in a guardian home. And we did not do his pen hips yet, but he prelimmed as good and normal. So, you know, we're, we're stacking it up. So, oh, and his R2's parents, one of them was a top 14% and the other one was a top three and a half percent of all golden. So he has excellent hip abilities, <laughs> um, hip potential for what he could come out as, uh, which is one of the reasons why we got him. And then we have Otter and Cajun and they'll get their prelims done the end of October and that will just be the OFA ones, and we'll see see what the vet has to say about them uh, for their breeding potential. We've had dogs that we have rehomed over their prelims uh, that have come in not what we're looking for for our breeding program. Uh, we've had dogs who have come in. One of them had come uh, back from the ophthalmologist from the eye doctor and didn't pass. And he said, you know, it's nothing that's, that's terrible. She could probably still be a service dog. I'm like, oh, you don't even have to say anything further. You know, I have an excellent uh, pet home. You know, a couple people looking, and I'm going to reach out to them and see if, you know, if she's going to be the right dog for one of them. Um, and she is. She's doing fantastic. I'll get updates, and I love seeing it. So we have removed more dogs than what we've kept, which is, I guess, good, um, because we do have a lot of potentials. Uh, and, and because we want the best and I want you guys to have the best, even if it's not one of our dogs, I want your dog to be the best that he can be or she can be depending. So it is crucial to find out what health tests your breed it needs. If it's a mixed breed, it should be a, a conglomeration, you know, like a mix of it. Uh, you can also if, if it is a, a mixed breed and you're like, I really don't know what this dog is, just go and just do the hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. It's a great foundation to see where the dog's at, to know about their workability, 
for you and what they might need for the future. You can check us out on hopeservicedogs.org is our website. We're on TikTok, on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We're everywhere. And this is Service Dog Success with Victoria Warfel.